Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Bottom. You say bottom. 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 <laughs> That's your intro. There you bottom. go. Bottom. <laughs> bottom. <laughs> This week, grab the garlic, we're off to Transylvania, but first at home it was pure Lenny Ball as we stuck seven by the Saints on Flag Day. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Tims episode 185 and I am joined this week as I am joined every week by Marvellous Martin Melly oh, yes. and Stone Cold Stephen Podcaster. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Thank you. Yes, I am also here. Thanks and I'm the nature boy, Jamie <laughs> Is uh, that why you're in the buff? That's why, that's why I'm in the buff, aye, for your delectation. <laughs> How are we doing, boys? A touch of deja vu? Yeah, all? yeah. Round right two. Um, and this week, obviously, we've got a lot to talk about, including a sensational flag date parkhead, which, Melly, you were part of for yes. Melly at the Match. Yes. Our Patreon podcast. It's like, Stephen, an instant reaction with Mark Melly as your guide to the match at Celtic Park. Yeah, it's like being there with Melly. We we bill it as a, a trip to Celtic Park with Mark Melly as your guide. It's a bit of pre-match thoughts in the car. Yes. As real as it gets with Melly in the car, plus special guests. A wee bit of audio from in and around the stadium. It's almost like being there and then some instant reaction immediately afterwards. Um, you had some guests this week, Mel? Yes, well, it was in the pub before the game today. We went to the Wee Man's. Boozing on the job. I yeah. don't know. I don't so know about listen, this. Listen, don't name, do not name any pubs unless they're going to pay to be advertised <laughs> on this podcast, okay? I met Gilly from the History Boys Abroad. He is a, he's been on this podcast before. He has, yes. He's he been, been on, on the flagship. Yep. And also Tony from the History Boys. He is over from lovely sunny Spain. He mm. brought it with him for the weekend. Over for his wee holly bags before he goes back to work. So he took in Flag Day with us. You mentioned the History Boys. Nobody does Celtic History better, Stephen. No, they they brought not. out something for us on the Patreon. They brought out a Know Your History. Yeah, something a little bit different this week. If you're unfamiliar with the format, what it is is uh, History Boys Abroad Know Your History. What they do is they sit down with a, a Celtic fanatic to talk about their Celtic supporting history and their life. Basically, it's the key games, their their first heroes, stuff they like, stuff they don't like, etc., etc. Just a, a wide range chat with with a certain Celtic support. This time, it was with one of their own collective, Liam Scullion. And that was where did they they done that somewhere Spanishy? Because in, yeah, in the mega jealous, yeah, Tarragona. yeah. The clinking of drinks, Tarragona was it? They yeah. were talking about the food they were having. Made me sick as I listened to it <laughs> in, my, in my in my car. And we also had on the Patreon having a rank. It's a, a, a very ingenious idea for a podcast. I wish I'd thought it up. It's like a football listings podcast. Yeah. And this time around we had Celtic sliding doors. Yeah, Tom runs down his, his biggest Celtic what-if moments from the sort of 90s onwards. Yeah. Uh, if you really want to know what would have happened if Celtic signed David Ginola on that fateful day mm-hmm. where he turned the contract down in Fergus McCann's office. If you would like to know what would have happened had... 
Tom Rogic and Scott Brown and Callum McGregor scored their penalties against Rangers that day in 2016, was that? Yes. yes. Um, then that's that's the place to find out. Tom explores these long-held questions. And of course we had Cameron and Awais doing 20-minute movies, just yeah. something a bit different. The guys, really enthusiastic movie journalists that we've approached and they do a, a weekly movie podcast for us. Yeah. It's only 20 minutes long, but it brings yeah. you right up to date. That's right. their stuff, week. don't they? They do know their stuff, they really do. Uh, and it brings you right up to date. And of course we had Keep the Heed. Keep the Heed, yes, is a... a a mental health podcast for Celtic fans. Um, when we talk about this, uh, the mental health podcast we've been doing, don't worry, it's not just us sitting blethering. It is the professionals. They, yes. These guys know what they're talking about and they do it in an extremely accessible and very helpful way. It's had a lot of great feedback. So that's Keep the Heed and episode two is just out. That's great. Those guys do know their stuff. They yeah. do know their stuff. And it's, I quite enjoy how they, they, they manage to talk about a serious subject, but they talk about it in a sort of light-hearted yeah, way. It's yeah, not all so, yeah. deep in that. It's, it's really, really good. Obviously, it's been in a lot of Celtic fans' minds recently with Lee Griffiths coming out and finally talking about what he mm. went through. So that's that's a big subject of what they cover on this most recent episode. So yeah, uh, that and everything that's coming out this week, we've got loads more coming this week. That is all available at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims and all details are there. And did you know our Patreon is actually cheaper? I, I was in Edinburgh this weekend season, uh, seeing Susie McCabe. Which oh I thought, yeah, comedian, which I, Celtic fan. I thoroughly recommend. Has been yes. on the podcast. If, if you're doing anything at the the Fringe, probably should go and see her because she's terrific. Yeah. Uh, Get her while she's in the smaller venues. Oh, she's going about a smaller venue. It, it, was a, it was a shipping container. Right. <laughs> two shipping containers welded together to create a venue. Uh, one month of 20 Minute Tim's Patreon is considerably cheaper than a Fringe pint. Oh yeah, aye. <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, onto the good stuff, onto the real Gosh. stuff. Flag Day at Parkhead does oh. not does not get much better than that, does it, Stephen? Never well, had a better one, have we? Well, Neil, Neil Lennon came out after the game. He was asked what he thought about the game, and he described it as perfect. I disagree. I've got <laughs> I some. Thought prop. you would. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. It was it was absolutely sensational. What a, what a way to start the league season. And I was I was having a think about it, and Melly on a recent podcast. In fact, it was your mail at the match immediately after the game where you said, having watched that scintillating football we were served up on the day, you said Brendan who? Yes, I now, did. Now, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go to that point because, unfortunately, despite what we think, Brendan Rodgers is now an unmovable factor in Celtic's very recent history. But let's look at it closely here. Right. <laughs> if we consider that last season, right, was still, in essence, a Brendan Rodgers season. Lennon came in right at the end, his hands were tied, and he got us over the, over the line in two two competitions, right? But it's still mostly Brendan Rodgers' season. The last time Celtic won 7-0 prior to this, that Saturday, was under a certain Mr Ronnie Dyla. Yes, the was. last game of his tenure and the first game of the league season under the manager after Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon, 7-0. Aye. So, when you look at the bare stats of that, Brendan Rodgers was clearly holding us back <laughs> all this time. Three years of no 7-0s and we get another one. What was Brendan's highest result? 6-0 against St Johnson. Yeah, so Neil right. Lennon is the better manager. Yeah, clearly, you can't argue with stats. <laughs> plain no. and simple, plain and simple. Um, we had a debut at the weekend, Melly. Yes, we did. We had a right back. Mm. Is he a right back? Can we just put that to bed now? The guy's absolutely right back, confirmed. Well, he, he played there. It's hard to tell. Because he had to go off after 50 odd minutes. Yeah, yeah, but right. he looked comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Even we'll talk about the goals later, but a wee run from him set up some space for the goal. I thought he looked good. Obviously, a lot quicker than Lustig, but the same sort of mould. I don't think he'll be a Kieran Tierney on the right hand yeah. side, sort of right back. I think it'll be a more 
defensive sort of right back, but he does get forward as well, and he is pretty quick, and he's a big boy. Yeah. What did, what did you make him, Stephen? Well, I think, just on your point about the right back thing, I think the point um, that everyone's been making, I think the debate that's been raging mm. since he signed is a bit sort of redundant now. It's clear that he's been signed as a right back. Whether he's played there recently, I know the, the thing was that he'd only played five games there last season, if stats are to be believed, right? But I think it's pointless because he is the right back for, for now at least until another potential signing is made. He appears to be the right back at Celtic with Ralston backing him up for now. He certainly played like it. He didn't look uncomfortable, as Melly said. He, he got forward. He did the defensive work he was asked to. Now, St Johnston, as we'll come on to, were not good. Mm. Um, more, more on that to come. But I thought, he was, I thought he was quite impressive for a debut. I have to say, he was unlucky not to set up at least one goal with Forrest, I think it was, was that they cut back for Forrest and he just knocked it wide. It's that many chances, mate. I'm just struggling. <laughs> yeah. I'm struggling to remember all the goals. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm perfectly happy with that standard of debut, absolutely. I was quite happy. I was quite impressed with with his range of crossing. He does that Kieran Tierney thing where when he gets the byline, the head's not down, the head comes up and he can yeah, cut yeah. it back or he drills it low if needs be. He picks out a player rather than just flinging it in the box. Unconvinced we've even mentioned his name yet. We are, of course, talking about Hatem Elhamid. Yes. Melly, this is Neil Lennon trying yet another formation this time. We had four at the back yes. as opposed to the three. Are you happy with this? Because one thing I think Neil Lennon's quite good at is as well as identifying a player, he's good at identifying a shape or a formation that works with what he's got. Hmm. So we've seen the... So it's three five two in Europe. We've now got a 4-3-3. Three, three. Uh, yeah, it was 4-3-1, four, three, four, three, three, but 4-3-3. Three, three. Four, three, yeah, three. flexible. Aye. One thing that Neil Lennon's good at is is picking a player. Uh, I've already said that a couple of times this podcast. Another thing I think he's good at is building shapes and formations out of kind of bric-a-brac. The players that he's got there, he finds a formation that works for that particular game. <laughs> Make him sound like a wee child. That's, that's the idea. Well, a tub of Lego scattered all over the floor and he makes a, makes a team out of it. He does because uh, he always had your man Chuckles Mulgrew to put him in centre-back, left-back, left-mid against Barcelona. Charlie Mulgrew is just a An terrific player. An element for him no, just can, to get can basically play anywhere. <laughs> um, are you happier with the four-four-two or the four-three-three rather? Or the well, I was I was very happy with it. We had the five Edward up top, obviously, but the five in behind were McGregor and Brown, Sat, Forrest, Christie, and uh, Mikey Johnson, all Scots. And you know, yeah, yeah. I like seeing young Scots play on the Brits and that. So <laughs> <laughs> it was good. You have to bleep that out, yeah. <laughs> joke or not. <laughs> just. There's pace, there's energy in there, and that's what I love, just getting that ball, moving it quickly. That's when Celtic are at their best, when they can move it quickly. And so Johnson lined up in a 3-5-2, and they, as Stephen said, were poor, but they looked utterly clueless how to deal with Celtic because we weren't taking that time. We did keep the ball when necessary, Mm -hmm. but when we got the ball and when there was space, we hit that space, we hit it into a man, and players took on players, and they were all over the place. Forrest was dragging them out. Hatem was going beyond him on the other side. Mikey Johnson was turning the guy inside out, which meant nobody knew what they were doing, leaving all the space in the world for Ryan Christie. So there was just space created all the time and it made a, a good game happen for Edward as well. It was a power, technique and directness, Stephen. The passing, the movement, the tempo. <laughs> the John Collins. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that Celtic fans were a bit nervous of was this use of the word direct. They thought it was going to be long ball stuff from the Leinster but there was no real sign of that at the weekend no I don't I think there are many different ways to be direct and it doesn't have to be Sam Allardyce you yes. know there are there are ways to be 
direct and it involves moving the ball quickly, taking few touches, getting out to wide areas and getting crosses in, which Neil Lennon appears to love. I'm mm. still... I'm, it's debatable as to whether crossing is exactly the way to get the best out of the strikers that are available to Celtic at this current time, but you can't argue with, with seven goals. No. Um, just on your point there about him piecing together teams out of bric-a-brac and what's left around. See, I mean, the perfect example of that is the back four that was out during that game because that back four on paper is the type of thing that would have people panicking, having palpitations when you look at that. It's amazing how some good results can change perceptions of things. The two fullbacks completely untested. Bowley has started a little bit shakily, but he's been given plenty of time. He's played plenty now. He's started, I think, every game since since he signed. Um... And has gradually settled in and grown in confidence. He looks quite good now after a, a little bit of a shaky start. El Hamid came in and everyone just said immediately he's not a right back. Before he'd even kicked the ball, it was left up to him to change those perceptions by putting in performances. And then you look at the two centre-halves who are the same two guys who a couple of years ago were giving us all heart attacks yes. against Astana. I mean, that, that centre-back pair, and I thought I would never see it again, but they're two completely different players. Fast forward to two years, Christopher Iyer, we've got no worries about at all. And in fairness to Nair Buton, who I've quite often said doesn't look like he knows what he's doing at centre-half, again looks a completely different player just in this last handful of appearances Beton had quite an easy shift because he was up against yeah. a boy Michael Harlow and he's not going to do it at Celtic Park against <laughs> us, is he? Come Agent on. Michael? No, <laughs> definitely not Hey, you mentioned Bowley there. We'll get on to the goals in a second, but I think we just need to mention Bowley. I thought he was good. Yeah, yeah, got a good few decent decent crosses. And again, I, to go back to my point, I don't know if it's going to be all that successful mm. a, a tactic to fling these crosses in, but what it looks like he's capable of is putting them into dangerous areas. Let's talk about the goals. Martin Melly, first up, Mikey Johnson. Sensational bit of play, turned that guy like a cinema hot dog. <laughs> Didn't know if he was coming or going. <laughs> and then stuck it in the past. I, I was really impressed with Mikey Johnson. I was impressed with one, like you were saying, with the space Ryan Christie was finding. I thought Mikey Johnson picking the ball in and drifting off, coming inside to the left-hand side was great. Yeah, um, Christie just moves across to link up with Forrest if it's over that side, or Johnson if it's over the other side. Uh, we're touching on Bowley as well, I thought. When he got forward, he was good, but there was times he was a bit tentative, and I, um, I think that might be to leave Johnson one-on-one because they weren't playing a full-back to Mark Johnson, mm. so it would have been in between the wing-back and the centre-half, and us, our three up front she just ripped apart their, their three, so it left a lot of space for uh, Johnson, and as you said, just turned the guy inside out. It was a great switch right across to him, good first touch. The feet were dancing, the guy was, he looked like he was on a bouncy castle or something. <laughs> he, he actually did. See, when you watch it back, he did a full 360 degree turn. <laughs> now, normally if someone's getting turned inside out, they check back on the left, turn right, yeah. and then the guy moves away. He did a full turn around, <laughs> like, like full pivot. And then by the time he turned around and actually located Michael Johnson, the, the ball was in the back of the net. The ball from Christie for that goal was brilliant. It's something I'd noticed he tries quite not not often but he did it a couple of times against Nomikeldu in the previous game he goes out right and as Melly said he, he's good at drifting into the, the wings and linking up and creating overloads on these like just linking up with Forrest and Bowley or whoever the case may be but he drops in right and plays this first time ball straight over the top to the, the far side of the box didn't work out directly to a goal against Nomikeldu but I think if that's something Neil Lennon 
has identified as an instruction or if it's just Ryan Christie just improvising. I think there's, it's going to be something that the likes of Edward and in this case Johnson can get a lot of success out. See, on that, if that is a tactic, that's what we want, getting it to the players who are going to cause damage, yeah. uh, whether it be Johnson, Christie, Forrest, Edward. The boys we've got in midfield that can do that, I mean, Scott Brown's got a decent pass on him, but yeah. McGregor, Christie, and if in Cham, we'll talk about him later, mm. he's got a pass on him. If we can f- utilise them to get these passes in, we're looking good in midfield. Um, Ryan Christie, man of the match, performance, hat trick. The boy was absolutely sensational. That, to me, is a boy who loves watching football. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah. his technique is incredible. You can tell he must just sit at home and just absorb Spanish and Italian football. He, might, he absolutely loves it. <laughs> I no thought you were going to say walking down the street with football strips on. <laughs> I, I don't think I said this in the podcast. Did I? No, I don't know. Spotted him maybe he was wearing a Valencia shirt or Pare- no, right. with Parejo on the back. Oh, here. A former foe uh, Celtic. I don't know about that. I think it was Parejo's shirt. No, right. Christy out. <laughs> See, when you said that, you can just imagine him sitting at home. I thought you meant he's going to be sitting at home playing football. <laughs> just <laughs> practicing. <laughs> But yeah, man of the match, this is the problem. If he would just tone it down a wee bit. Oh yeah, it's a couple of days. Yeah, there's still a couple of days to go in the English uh, window. (laughs) Uh, If you would just down tools just a wee bit. Especially with man you having all that Harry Maguire cash. (laughs) Just burning a hole in their pocket. But um, if you would just... Yeah, Lister, if you would just tone it down slightly, Ryan Christie, we never talk about, um, we never advocate for players down in tools, but on this occasion, just just ease up a wee bit there, Chief. But um, on his performance, we talked at the start of this about how Ronnie Dyla's last game it was mm. a 7-0 victory and so was this who scored that day Ryan Christie did playing as a central striker I believe false Ronnie, nine yeah false nine in Ronnie Dyla's last game so he's he's back in back involved in 7-0 victories what was your uh, what was your pick of the goals Melly? third one third oh, Stephen the absolute peach. aye third I think yeah second for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> pick that out I think uh, in the good old days when a Patrick first be- became a thing I think that is a, the definition of a perfect hat-trick. I think I've heard that in the Football Ramble. The perfect hat-trick is when it's a three goals uninterrupted right, by another right, goal yeah. scorer. So, perfect hat-trick. But first one, smasher. Absolute yeah. smasher. Second one, I think, was the one I was talking about where Forrest lays it into him, but El Hamid makes a wee run beyond, which draws a defender and leaves Christine in the space. Keeper has a howler, but Keeper made a few good saves after that. Yeah, Xander uh, Clark's a decent keeper. He's been all right against Celtic in the past. I feel like we've said it before, but the league has a lot of good keepers in it, and Xander Clark is one of them, but a day to forget uh, for Steve Johnson. Mistake, but I wouldn't blame uh, him for any may, other ones. Maybe slightly dodgy for, for Edward later on, but, but at that point, the team is best described as beleaguered. <laughs> <laughs> Buggered. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Christie himself, though, just before we talk about any more goals, this is also the issue when recording a weekly podcast when a guy is so informed because he kind of struggled to yeah. talk to We're talk going about. to Kieran Tierney, I'm yeah. from a couple of seasons ago. It's, it's quite difficult to talk about him without just repeating yourself from the previous week because the previous week he scored two and we were all purring about him, so <laughs> it's, it's quite hard to continue this, but Early signs are he's just he's going to be sensational this season. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of chat online, Melly, about the hat trick. Has there been a hat trick from outside the box before? Has a Celtic player scored a hat trick from outside the box before? Done a wee bit of digging. No, 
no. what I could find. Not in my lifetime. The, the ones that came to mind were Bellamy against Dundee United. Not, mm, but yeah, the can, first one was definitely impossible. Yeah. Remember that strike with the sort of he lets the ball trickle in front of him and then he does like a wee runny. Yeah, yeah, right. Best hat trick I've ever seen. Thunders it right my in goal. Favorite. Nakamura against Dundee United as well. But the first one, first one was inside the box. In, aye. In the box. And then there was also Nakamura and a seven 0 against Saint Mirren and. One of those was inside the box as well. I think we were in the green, the green strip. With the, I like that strip. A problem with a lot of hat tricks is that quite often they contain at least one penalty. Yeah. From, from the likes of midfielders and whatever, anyway. But uh, it's very rare for a, a hat trick outside the box. I remember a certain Rivaldo scored one for Barcelona against Valencia many oh, years put ago. Them in the Champions League. So, yes, I, kick. yes I am comparing Rivaldo to Ryan Christie. That's is exactly what I'm doing. This the same Rivaldo that won the Ballon d'Or? Yeah, that's the one. And. Instead of signing him, we offered to take him on trial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Ballon d'Or, Olivier Cham, who <laughs> who won't be winning a Ballon d'Or, well, good not this season, but not maybe. That, well, if he keeps his head down, um, <laughs> he uh, you think he's starting to get back into the fold oh, a wee bit? Oh, look who we go here, pulling it back. Oh, I think okay. love you and Cham. <laughs> Where's your what were you Cham worried about, mate? Now? Right, okay, tell us, Melly. Do you think he's coming back into the fold? Yes, I do. And it's only just because he's came back in, he was away, had his wee extra break, came back. Things were said, maybe taken out of context, but... I don't think anything was taken out of context. (laughs) (laughs) We we sell these guys a dream, come here, play two seasons, move on. He probably feels it's time to, fair enough. But he's a great player to have. What a great option to have to play or come off the bench. And he showed it again. Slid through by Edward. Love this play from Edward. It was quick turn, burst at them, wait till the defenders come and commit some plays in and cham right in his path. Lovely left footed strike. You like these ones at the near post, Stephen? Yeah, you, yeah. You know the keeper can't really be blamed in the keeper. No. Smashing finish and the French connection strikes. Absolutely. And you're right to say that Edward's role was key not only just for the assist because see when you see it from the angle behind the goal you, it, it's a quite clear angle of Edward's face when he's yep. dribbling towards it he waits and waits and waits and he's always looking just darting at the corner of his eye and he waits to the very last second and, and chams in acres of space and all he has to, it's, it's a good finish I, I nearly said all he has to do is stick it away but the keeper had in fairness closed him down fairly well and he bent it into the top corner not not necessarily an easy finish but it's, it's good to see him back contributing because I think we'd, certainly not Melly, I, I was nearly said we all had given up on him, Melly hadn't. I think I personally had just thought, right, well, the, the countdown begins to him yeah. leaving, but, but there's no point in getting getting worked up about it, he has said. And I feel like the, I was mistranslated as the new, my phone was hacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he, I? Julian Lescott. <laughs> <in his pocket. laughs> there is still time for him to go, it's only the English that's a transfer window that closes on Thursday there's still the rest but it seems to have went a bit quiet and maybe he should just calm it down for a couple of weeks as well Uh, well Marseille can't afford I don't think Marseille have got the money and plus Mm. they're making a rip-roaring of things at the moment under Villas Boas so Mm. if that's the movie he wants I don't see it happening Ah, see we all wanted Villas Boas and now we've got Lenny (laughs) (laughs) peak Lenny ball already one game into the season bring it on all season Um, odds and Edward now I think this formation here that Neil Lennon has found could potentially get the best out of Odson Edward because Odson was terrific. Uh, now, he, he, he needed a goal to cap off the performance, but at one point, he's dancing. Aye. He was like an octopus in that box. They couldn't get the ball <laughs> off him. Um, <laughs> they, they couldn't get the ball off him. 
you've got Christie, you've got Forrest and you've got McGregor all doing the donkey work, all doing the creative stuff, allowing Odson Edward, he doesn't have to drift out left or right, he's focused on being a centre forward, yeah. getting on at the end of those through balls, getting on at the end of cutbacks, I honestly think that this could be another top quality season for Odson Edward. Oh yes. Top goal scorer, easy, just say no, it already, easy. Unless uh, Cosgrove keeps his record up <laughs> right enough. But, it's um, another one, Griffith just sliding that ball through yeah. again, quickly puts him through, Goes round the keeper and composure with a capital C. The guy's got it, man. He's just, he knows what he's doing. Rarely do you see a striker like him so composed and just puts it away. And I was I was delighted when we took off uh, Christie because as soon as he got that third goal, I was like, get him wrapped in bubble wrap, <laughs> cotton wool, everything before. I was even worried when he got brought off the bench against Kelly in the second leg. Like, How are you doing? Get him, <laughs> get him up. Shows how much he's come on, and the same way I was thinking, maybe we should take off Edward and Johnson, but we'd already had to make the sub at right back. So yeah. happy enough, Johnson going off. But for to obviously can't take away, but take away Ryan Christie's goals. Edward is easily man of the match. He was absolutely brilliant from start to finish, yeah. and he deserved a goal right right for all his hard work, set up, set up goals. And he, he was just absolutely brilliant. I can't get work at times as well. There, yep. there was one moment where he. Dribbled past about five on the edge of the box, yeah. making his way from one end of the 18-yard box to the other. And then it was unfortunate to stick it in the, the high side netting. He deserved a goal. And he, and he absolutely deserved a goal at the end of the day for, for his performance. And uh, sorry to bring the tone down already in this podcast, but I am. Where's, where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Normally, I'm the guy who just like, look, I don't pay attention. I don't care what the media are saying. I don't really care what the perception is out there. You know, just whatever. Leave it. But I am absolutely sick of the perception out there of Odson Edward. And it's Aye, I know most, you're getting that. Yeah, the most annoying thing about it is the fact that it's it's not only a complete misrepresentation of what Edward is as a player, it is beginning to take hold in a disheartening amount of people are actually believing it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, of course, I'm referring to a certain ex-Celtic ace, <laughs> Craig Beatty, uh, referred to... I think he talked about Odson Edward and he used the phrase, only turns up when he wants to. Aye. Right, and, and it... It's yet another development on this, frankly, pish about how he's he's one, he's lazy, he's um, body language, he's, he's got bad body language. He only turns up when he wants to, and I'm sorry, it's just it's garbage. And the reason I'm annoyed about it is because it's the type of crap that sticks to a player throughout yeah. his whole career. Nakamura, he's too lightweight. He doesn't try. He doesn't turn up against Rangers. It's we can all remember that as old ten years ago. And but what they, do all these players have in common that get branded with this? They're, they're foreign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. There, there is a bit of that. There, I think. Yeah. There, I think there definitely is a bit of that. And there's also a bit of as we see in this podcast. Hashtag just saying stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, filling air. Ah, yeah. I need a, I need an opinion on Odson Edward. Okay, so rather than actually think of yeah. something and, and watch Odson Edward, I've just just pull this off the shelf and, yeah. and, and people are doing it left, right and centre. Especially Craig Beatty. He was, he's been playing recently. So at what point is he watching Odson Edward week yeah. in, week out to formulate this? I want to know who's doing a podcast or a radio show and they've picked the forum and goes, let's get Craig Beatty on for an opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know this this thing has suddenly appeared, Craig Beatty as a presence in the media. But just the, the Odson Edward, I appreciate that people just need to fill air and they, they trot out cliches about players, but why are they never positive? I've seen people talking about Ralston, defending Ralston by saying, well, he's, he's got pace, he gets forward, he gets crosses in. And I'm like, no, that's just a list of things he should be good at, yeah. but not isn't necessarily... Why is it not the case with Edward? Why does nobody ever say he's pacey, he gets goals, we know he why. sets goals up? Yeah, well, I, the elephant in the room, <laughs> right, but... If if we allow the benefit of the doubt and assume it's not that what we're talking about, yeah. there is there does seem to be a 
a latent mistrust of Odds and Edward out there for God knows what reason. And I'm just that's my first astonishing rant of the season, my hashtag astonishing <laughs> rant. But no, I'm absolutely sick of it and I just wish the guy would be left alone and given the the credit he absolutely deserves yeah, in this the, team. The top quality football it yeah. is. Um Celtic sealed a little package with a lovely goal from Lee Griffiths. Yep, another one just quick out bang out his feet and shot away. Great into the corner that Griffiths McGregor finish. It's good to see because I always got frustrated last season with maybe times like that we'd hold on to the ball and keep the control possession. Mm. Whereas now it's get it get it out of your feet quickly, get it to the guys and see taking a shot like that, it was the same when Lennon had Commons. It will not go in all the time, but what it will do, it will cannon off a defender. The keeper will save it, will get a corner from it. It gets a good reaction from the crowd because you're trying to be incisive. Mm. Whereas before we were trying to control play and keep a hold of the ball and the crowd starts to get a wee bit anxious and agitated. I think it's something very different from Lennon compared to Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers' second season, I've seen some stills from Celtic on the roof of Celtic Park in the North Stand. I've got tactical cameras that you can see the whole pitch from these cameras. It's It's a great view. So in Brendan Rodgers' second season, wasn't as good as the first season, but I feel like we had a bit more space in behind. That's why Sinclair got so many goals. Yeah. Forrest as well, Robertson, Dembele and Griffiths. But the second season, we moved 20 yards up the pitch, which meant the back four, well, the back two, the two yeah. centre-halves, were 20 yards further up the pitch, therefore condensing the pitch, which didn't leave much space for us to make those runs in. Now, I think Lennon, Lennon's team don't press up as high mm. and don't try and force it. The whole, the whole defence isn't so high up so it leaves a bit more space in behind so guys like Johnson, Forrest and definitely Edward are going to get a lot of chances and I know I'm going to say it again boys it could be a wee resurrection for Scott Sinclair again space in behind, <laughs> that's his bread and butter I would love, I would absolutely love to see it um, Lee Griffiths back on form he's probably a couple of weeks away for getting back into shape Stephen yeah probably, um, it was a lovely touch for the goal to get away from himself and stick it away but he's definitely and, and Lennon has said as much he's still short of a, a wee bit of fitness, he's still got that wee, a wee gut the wee Aye. Lee Griffiths that, that gut again. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Aye, I'd, I'd like to just refer you Melly, to Stephen's comments in the group chat oh no <laughs> Yeah, Lee Griffiths, with your wee nae shudders and your wee gut, with your wee nae chin, always looking like you're about to burp with your wee gut. <laughs> it's true, he looks like he's got a burny burp. Those were posted in confidence. You can't be revealing the TMT group chat. So that ended... Read out the stuff he says about Edward being <laughs> So that ended the game against St. Johnson. Just a word on St. Johnson before we wrap up. I thought they were... Very poor. Um, Don't get me wrong because I think Celtic smothered and suffocated them from the worth go. I think that it was impossible to play against that Celtic in that form and with that intent. There was a moment about 10-12 minutes in where one of their players dribbled out of the pitch just under under a wee bit of pressure from possibly Ryan Christie or James Forrest that was out on Celtic's right. And he looked up and one of his teammates was having a go at him for it and he just gave a face as if to say, what am I supposed to do? They'd completely run out of ideas and ultimately motivation by the the early exchanges. Their defending at times for Ryan Christie's goals in particular was shocking because before Ryan Christie had scored his first goal, he'd already had at least two chances. He, He dragged one wide, which Edward complained about. 
But to me, it looks as if Ryan Christie's just been told to shoot to get into his position. Yeah, I think Lennon, um, well, Christie said as much yeah. as Lennon's told him to, to shoot, but, which is fine. But they allow him two chances and then allow him a third, which he scored from, and then a further two goals from almost exactly the same position on the pitch. One, the, the one was in the second half. I don't know what St. Johnson were thinking about, really. I know one was a, a goalkeeping error, but it was still a good a good dig from Christie, which he had been allowed to take unchallenged. So I think it's going to be a worrying season for St. Johnson based on that show. And we talked last week about how they've already been beaten off Montrose and yeah. someone else out of lower leagues. So early signs are, are fairly alarming for, for St. Johnson. Uh, not a shot off target or on target in the first half. I think we'd... Nearly 80% possession and... 24 oh, shots on goal, I think. Is that right? I think they had one wild shot off target the whole game and the only thing Scott Bain had to do was a wee dancing turn. Oh, lovely. lovely I, <laughs> it is, I think that one one characteristic of Neil Lennon's Celtic team this season is I'd like to... It's just from that game, but I want them to carry it through. they got that big dick energy, don't they? <laughs> B, BDE, yeah, Celtic. Neil, Neil Lennon's team has that BDE. BDE, CSC. We're not going to get carried away here, but that was fucking dynamite. <laughs> Oh, swears <laughs> after the first league game of the season. Um, Celtic leave league duty. Um, we've got the next match is up against FC Cluj. To get to that point, we had to Clunge beat... McNugget. Clunge McNugget. <laughs> to get to that point, we had to beat Nomi Calju or mm. Nomi Cal Who, if you will. <laughs> um, 7-0 again over aggregate this time. Shoot you in, really. It was yeah. a, a formality. Not a classic. Myself and Melly covered the game live for a, a match. Well, not quite live, but a match companion. Was out, Always sounds better when you yeah. say live after something. <laughs> we were out just after the game. The game. Live. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite a classic, but I think we went in expecting that, really. The stakes were so low, taking a 5-0 victory over there. I think if it had maybe been 3-0, we might have seen a more intense, maybe more of a spectacle on the night, but I think it was... It was as good as done as soon as Celtic turned up and especially getting that early goal, which I think is probably an own goal. I'm not sure how it's been given, but... Own um, goal, I think. Yeah, which was about eight minutes in, I think. Yeah, that that was it dead. So really, Celtic, all they had to do was turn up, get more fitness and close it out, be professional, and that's exactly what they did. Two real talking points for the game, as it was. We had two debuts. We had Julianne come mm, in. Yeah. It's the heart of central defence. And we had Marianne Schved. Oh, yes. I'm going to give you the chance. Which one of these, Melody, do you want to talk about first? <laughs> Go with Jules first. Oh, right, right. Spaff my load later. Have your dessert afterwards. <laughs> right. that's, that's fair enough. Julian, I think what people wanted to see from him was wanted to see someone composed, calm, assured, commanding in central defence. And I think he'd he done all that, didn't he? He was doing a lot of talking, I noticed, a lot of yeah. getting the line to where it needed to be. He has been described as mm. dominant uh, by Neil Lennon, and maybe not just necessarily in the air. Maybe that's in terms of leadership, yeah. which we're, we're probably going to see more of going forward. But I thought he was. He was good in this game. It's hard to judge fully because he was up against almost nothing. Even with Nomi Kalyu's very limited capabilities going forward, their main man, uh, Lilio, the Brazilian guy, who's a kind of mini Diego Costa figure, he was taken off injured and replaced. You just love a Brazilian. Yeah, I do. I bloody love a Brazilian. But he was taken off injured. And while he wasn't a very good player, he at least was, we talked about it last week, bustling. Right? He was a bit of a physical presence. But that, that wasn't to be. That might have proved some kind of test, but he was off. I thought Julian pretty much strolled it. He was unlucky not to score from a... Oh, a, no, it wasn't unlucky. Yeah, he, to be honest, he should have scored um, from a Griffiths free kick. The, the free kick was perfectly put in. It was one of those ones that's, much like I've talked about with Christie's ball, it's very difficult to deal with when it's that direct and angled into the box. Griffiths swings it in. 
it's too far out for the keeper to commit to it and it's too deep for the defenders to challenge because they might stick it in their own net so it just causes confusion and in the end up Julian just sort of headed it straight up in the air rather than getting getting right behind it see it <laughs> if anything he connected too well Jeff yeah. <laughs> uh, on Big Jules I thought he was decent uh, I was listening to an interview with uh, former ace Virgil van Dijk today right. and he said people always notice him intercepting headers getting there before everybody else but he says sometimes the best defensive performances are where you don't notice because the mm. whole defence has done everything right and I'd probably say that for the defence on last week because we didn't we didn't get tested a lot but that's because they didn't they sniffed out all the danger yeah. they cleared everything they had to and we played it from the back and did what we had to so I don't want to see I want Jules to be good I want to see him dominant but if he can just stroll through games like that, that's a very good sign because that is not a good team at all and we don't want to see him having to make last-ditch tackles or anything no. like that and he didn't have to do anything like that, so he was fine. I'm quite impressed with him on the ball so far. Again, it's very hard to contextualise this because Nomikal, you are not a good team, but he looks as if he's perfectly willing to take the ball and pass it with either foot, which mm. is going to be useful for Celtic. What happens quite often is, sadly, with the tragic loss of Marvin Comper, we no longer have a left-sided, <laughs> a left-sided centre half. So what happens is, generally in football, uh, the TIFO football guys talked about this during the week. They do some really good stuff on football tactics. They talk about how generally your most technically gifted right-sided centre half will shift to the left because it makes up for the shortfall in left footers. We've seen that with Virgil itself. Yeah, exactly. We? So, but what with that comes a lack of options being able to pass forward because Ayer is a good, a very good footballer, but he's very right-sided, so he always cuts back on his right foot. So that's maybe, if you're looking for a long pass, and I don't mean that in the pejorative sense, I mean that in the useful long ball, You know, if you're going to open up defence. Speaking of Van Dijk, he's very good at that, getting mm. the ball forward yeah. very quickly. It doesn't have to be a punt up the pitch. I remember the one for Manny against Bayern Munich. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm, right. So it, it can be useful, but what you lose with not having a left-sided centre-half especially when he's right-sided as Ayer, is that that quarter, half of a second in reaction times when he looks up and has to check back in his right foot, that pass might be over. If you get someone who's comfortable passing with his left foot, it, it opens up areas of the pitches, uh, the pitch that wouldn't have previously been available. Another player that's comfortable on his left foot, Melly, Marijn Schved. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was a pinger right in at the top. Oh. It was, there was worries beforehand that Marijn Schved... Stephen, you said this in the group chat, might just have been a YouTube player. <laughs> right, yeah. But what he did was he stepped right out of YouTube and done exactly what he does on YouTube at the game. Yeah, if he is a YouTube player, then good, because the YouTube um, trope is usually that they look good on YouTube, but they can't replicate it yeah. in a game. But he has done exactly that. He's taken all of his YouTube clips just and just done it straight away for Celtic. Just dropped him into a Celtic shot and scored exactly the same type of goal he was doing. Could be the boy I'm waiting for, that wee Paddy Roberts. Don't oh, do it to yourself, Melly. Don't do it to yourself. Doing it, doing it. <laughs> he did well when he came on. He had a chance before that where he just sort of hit, he went through to a touch and then hesitated for a split second, which gave the keeper time to come out, smother it, and he took the low shot instead of lifting it a bit. But I was just, oh, that was his chance to get off to a It good was just start. a wee beat. See, when you watch it back, just a wee half a beat and a step, and he just, yeah, just hesitates slightly and the chance was gone. A wee uh, mention for Lewis Morgan in that because. I'm not on my shred yet. Yeah, I just mean that Lewis Morgan on another day was unlucky not to have had a couple of assists. He set up that yeah, chance for Shved and one for Sinclair as well, where he 
had a good effort, but it was a good height for the keeper, and he, he saved it. But back to Schwed. Oh, just that finish, and it just kissed the bar, and <laughs> then, and you're just thinking that this is it, this is it, this is all. Yeah. His face, look his face, he's uh, beaming. <laughs> love a guy that cuts in with the left foot, man. Um, so that was that. Dusted, done. The game is gone. We're Canter, off. Canter, mate. We're off to Transylvania yeah. to play FC Cluj now. Get our teeth into them. Yeah, very good, Melly. Like, um, <laughs> there's always a there's always an up in quality at these these sorts of final games. Yeah. Romanian league champions twice in a row. Uh, they're four games into the league so far as we record this. Not lost a single game. They've actually won three of them. Right. Um, last game they won four one away. Now they typically play Melly. You're the you're the formation man here. They typically play four three three. Yeah. How, how do you see Celtic lining up against that? I think we'll go the same. I think we'll stick probably with nine or ten of the players that started at the weekend. Yeah. I think Cluj are more soak it up and hit teams. They don't tend to have a lot of possession in the ball, so they'll, they'll, I think they'll sit in, let us have the ball and try and hit us, even though they are at home. But if we are playing like we did, they'll obviously have somebody watching us on Saturday. If we are going to play like that, that might just push them back a wee Theatrically bit wiping sweat away from <laughs> yeah. his brows in that pitch. Well, one man they might have had watching us was a ex-Hearts and Dundee United manager Shaba Laszlo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He was in the press today with some really... Now, this is what worries me, because what you don't want is someone who can look at the Celtic team and just pick that lock, just figure out mm. very acutely what Celtic are good at. And he wrote some scouting for Cluj against Celtic. So he took this off his own accord. They said, Celtic's real problem is the goalkeeper. He's lost a lot of goals. <laughs> Referring to Craig God. <laughs> um, and he also goes, Mikey Johnson is very good, but for me, their biggest danger man, Scott Sinclair. An- another player who doesn't get a game. He didn't turn up. He's he's handed that report in. Just, he's, he's written it on the morning. He's supposed to get handed in. Just made it up. So that's what Shaba Laszlo thought of the Celtic team. Um, well, speaking of stuff like that, is he's not the only one who's been hitting it with utter pish in the press because uh, Doran Goyan, former Rangers stopper mm-hmm. from the the original Rangers, he oh the last of the Rangers. Yeah, he? he came out and said that Celtic have only got long ball tactics. Who are they watching? I don't know. Do they, who are they there was another guy who I think Football Scotland reported that um, a Cluj legend, Rada, had described Celtic as, are you ready for this? Ready for these fighting words? Not very good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I think they've got us figured out, boys. <laughs> and he says that aggression is their only tool. Again, I think they're just making things up. Yeah. It's just a Scottish team in it, and yeah. they just went for the old, the old tactics. But I suppose we, you get that in this country as well. You get just. Hashtag yeah. just saying stuff. Nah, just but, some, but in Romania, just in this drag case. some guy back from ages ago and ask them what they think of a modern yeah. team, and they just make something up. Yeah. Well, there is something that worries me. Tell me what. They have a man in the club that has a TV show named after him, and if you've got that, that that's big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, Joe Colombo. <laughs> Joe Colombo. <laughs> the manager. Uh, Dan Pet Rescue. <laughs> Goodness me. It was worth it, was worth it though. It was worth the build up there. <laughs> keep that in. Yeah, keep, oh definitely. Keep, keep yeah. that in. <laughs> um, Dan Petrescu, does he worry you, Melly? I think he he's quite tactically astute, but as I said, I think he goes for more like the, I think I read like the sort of Mourinho mm, sort of Chelsea yeah. where he'll soak it up and try and get it on, but. Maybe a better uh, reference point here is that he seems to be there, Steve Clark, and that he yeah. gets an awful lot out of yeah. a, a sort of 
aging squad. I, I looked into a wee bit of their team, and it turns out they've got a, a very old team. The strikers injured. Yeah, the 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 lineup against the uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv in the previous round, they had an average age of thirty and a quarter, and that's compared to Celtic in the last game of twenty five and a half. Now you put that thirty and a quarter into perspective. Do you remember in the World Cup, England gubbed Panama? And all the chat was about how, how ancient a team they were. I can't believe they've managed to cobble this team together. They're all so old. It's like the oldest team in the history of the World Cup. And like, well, clues are older than Panama by about you know a year or so. Passing the movement, the tempo. That's yeah. what we need on Wednesday. So it's not... If, they're a workhorse of a team. Yeah, like, it, like I, was, I was doing some reading up on them as well. As you say, they're a very, very strong unit. Most of their goals come from set pieces. Right. Um, yeah, Melly, that's the noise I made. <laughs> the teeth trial. Aye, when, when, <laughs> I, when, I, when I heard that, given a... It might be a game near Beaton's been good in all the qualifiers, but this might be a game too far for him if mm. that is the case. Because a backline of El, El Hamed, probably Julian, Aya and Bowley... There's quite a lot of height in there, and apart from Edward and maybe Christie, the rest of the team doesn't have any height. So it might be some. Lennon does look at these types of things. Brendan Rogers didn't really change that sort of thing, but Lennon will look at that. Well, Beaton is tall. I mean, he's six foot five or something, you know and he's a good I footballer. Mean, he's and, when he jumps, but yeah, and he's <laughs> and he's an underrated tackler. I feel I think he's quite good on in getting interceptions, but he's he's not a, a header of the ball. I don't I don't think there's any evidence of that at all. He might he might surprises, but I don't think he is. Uh, a Julian or even a Jozo when it yeah. comes to them. So it's a tough... Are you happy, Stephen, that we've got the away leg first? Do, does these things matter to you? Well, I, I suppose in a sense it is. Mm. It's nice to have something to take back to Celtic Park, depending on how it goes, of course, but I think that's the important thing. I think Celtic will have to take back you know, a, a good result. I, I'm not so concerned about getting the win. If you can get a draw out there, then that's, that's okay because I'm fairly confident in Celtic Park. It will be tough, but... Just when I look at their team, yes, they will be organised and tough to beat, especially at home. But I, I look at the age of the team and I look at the the energy and the that the movement. We've been talking about it all night of that mm. Celtic team. I just don't think they're going to be able to cope with it. As much as Dan Petrescu might be a, a good coach and able to drag a lot out of teams, it's, it's Celtics to go and get. We're just looking at the on that transfer market website, Melly. You're looking at the money and the wages they're paying their players now. It doesn't always always come down to that. But, I mean, Celtic should, on paper, get by Cluj without... It's tough, but... They, a all, are. Of, they all are. Uh, they all are. There's about a couple of goals. Celtic should be getting by Cluj. Yeah, I really hope so. Uh, I was always wary of, of this tie, but after the weekend, I feel a lot better about it. So, I just feel... It's weird if seven goals will do that. <laughs> <to you. laughs> and they want to make a prediction on it, and they want to stick a score on it whilst we're here. I'll take 2-1 to Celtic. I'd take that. Yeah. I, I would take that. Um, take the hand right off you for yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, if we progress past Cluj, now we have a match companion podcast on the Patreon for that game. For the Cluj, yes. Yeah, absolutely. for the game. Um, if we progress past Cluj, we are, of course, on the way to... Praha. Prague, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're buzzing to play us as well. Yeah, so yeah. I know, everybody's buzzing to play us. <laughs> Bring it up, pin it up in the dressing room, Lenny. <laughs> well, maybe they they've been reading the same stuff as these Romanian types. Maybe, maybe everybody's <laughs> reading Shabba Laszlo's match report. <laughs> like, we'll fucking piss this. Um, so that's that. Next up in the league, obviously, is Motherwell. Yeah. Um, we, we'll... Made of sterner stuff than St. Johnson, I would imagine. Yeah, they are the steel men. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set them up and you blaze them <laughs> in off the underside of the bar, really. Will be a tougher game, but 
We've got bigger fish to fry right now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Through and at the weekend. Can't with... look past the, the clunge. No, you, you can't. You certainly can't. Um, it sort of worries you, well, it worries me, that yet again we're staring down the ball of two very, very important games with key areas of the, f- hmm. the, 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 the squad needing bolstered with transfers. Yes, we've spent some money. Yes, we've bought some players, but have we really advanced any or are we just replacing ones that have lost? Yeah, it could be argued that Celtic have spent some money to stand still at the moment. Mm. Now, you look at those specific areas right back, it's completely unknown as to whether Alhamid's going to be better than Lustig. I'll assume so at this stage that he probably wouldn't have been signed. Bolly is a, a good player by the looks of it, but he's not as good as Kieran Tierney. I think we will... Again, I can't think he hasn't gone, but I just no. in the in the team at the moment, Julian again totally unproven. I would, again, I would like to assume he's going to be better than Boyata, but we don't know yet. So it could be argued either way that they've spent money to merely to maintain at the moment. Yeah. But which, which is which is which is your problem? Yeah. I, I think Lenny made a comment along the lines of that they need to sell before they can spend, which worried me a wee bit. Is that buttering us up for the fact that somebody might be about to go? I mean, still Deadwood. There is, there's a lot, there's a lot of deadwood that we could definitely clear out. One player who's not deadwood. Now, as we record this, how long's left? Twenty four hours of the English transfer window. Forty eight. Forty eight hours of the English transfer. I think every player in the Celtic squad now has mentioned the fact that they'd be sad to see Kieran Tierney go. Hmm. Yeah. So everyone's been asked for their opinion on it, and everyone's giving their opinion on it. I, I don't know if this is maybe smoothing the fans over a wee bit. Yeah, you, you talk about the comments that are coming out around Kieran Tierney. Everyone seems to be softening us up. I saw a comment on Twitter that said, "Look, it came around after the Scott McKenna transfer request thing mm. at Aberdeen. Look, Kieran Tierney hasn't put in a transfer request, so it's a big assumption to think that he wants to go." But it's also quite a big assumption to be sitting in a room full of smoke and assume it's not the fire that's in the corner that's causing it. <laughs> so we'll see how it plans it. How it plays going out. nowhere. Going nowhere. Um, well, time is ticking. Time is ticking, and yeah. there's a kind of feeling about. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not hopeful he's going to stay, but I do kind of feel that if Arsenal were going to make a move, they've had plenty of time to do it. But mm. they need a centre half more than they need a left back now. So they've sold Kishelny today, right? And their other. Main centre half is Mustafi, so that is oh, geez, oh. Celtic were linked, obviously, with Rico Henry from Brentford. It's uh, really hard to read that name and not say Rico Henry. <laughs> and uh, or Henry Rico uh, yeah. and uh, Stephen Kingsley from Hull, two left backs that Celtic were sort of lining up. So I wonder maybe if the delay now is, you know, we've kind of agreed with Arsenal what's happening. Let us go and get a replacement. Mm. I think if I wonder if maybe that's the chat. There was also chat. Come on, left back, Melly. Uh, it's been a long time, but Aye. I don't know. Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson, two main left backs in Scotland. Then Greg Taylor get called up. Mm-hmm. Stephen Kingsley hasn't been near it, and I'm not sure if he's going to be the one. The problem is he's better. the problem that put me off that one is he's surplus to requirements at Hull, which always mm. yeah. al- al- always worries me. And he's got the same name as that Fissel mascot. So. <laughs> <Sure> <laughs> Forget it. So. This is, as it is, the beginning of the season. Yeah. We need to move to our famed bold predictions. The most incorrect predictions in the history of <laughs> predictions, except the one I took an absolute flyer at last season. Yeah. All three of mine. Yeah, you got all three right last I, season, yeah. Madness. Don't know how I managed that. Um, so Even a broken clock. Yeah, it's right. Three times a season. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, Melly, I'm going to come to you first. Three bold predictions for the season ahead. One, all three? Go for it. Edwards last season 
Right. Oh, right. Mm. right. Get the Stop dab. that just now, right? Thanks for listening to right. the... He's thumbing in a softie with this one <laughs> in it. It's not really bold. Edward will be his last season. Okay. I think we've had our two seasons out and then we're getting a wee bonus one here. That's just a wee one. Uh, hopefully it doesn't happen, but that can come at the end of the season. Next up, that trio I spoke about earlier. Right. The three Scots or Brits. Behind. Scott Brown, Scott Bain and Scott Sinclair, right? <laughs> the three Scots, yes. What are they going to do, Melly? <laughs> the three Brits right. behind uh, no, Edward. Three Scottish players, right, okay. Johnson, Christie and James Forrest. Between them will get over 40 goals this season. Oh, so you went for the French connection, Stephen, <laughs> to get 65 goals? Yeah, and they got about 20. Yeah, yeah. you've get, you went for the Scottish connection to get 40 goals, okay. Yeah, I think, well, Stephen obviously was hindered by uh, Moussa leaving, but I don't think any of the three will leave. And I mean, 40 goals isn't pretty bold between three players, is it? Because yeah, Christie's going to get 22 Do you on think he's own. playing it safe here, Stephen? Yeah, it Over be, yeah. 40 goals. Over 40 right. goals. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. And I mean, I did put an exact number on it. Yeah, but can, I, can, I, can I interest you in 50? 40. Okay, there <laughs> we go. 40. Right, there you go. And give us your number three. Oh, I'm, I'm swaying between two. Right, right. Scott, have them all. Have them all. Right, Why not? I'll just sling them in. Scott Brown will not be first choice in midfield by the end of the season. <gasps> Right. And lastly, player of the year. Go for it. And jam. Mm, that is bold. You can that's have that very one. very bold. In uh, fairness to Melly. bonus. His was, well, arguably, uh, mine were bolder, but mine were fairly absurd yeah. last season. Melly had the if one. Cham, have you seen that picture on Cham in the really heinous, obnoxious Gucci tracksuit? The, the mad curly swirly gold one yeah have you seen that see if he wins player of the year I'm buying you one of the tracksuits <laughs> like I'll wear it to the five dance. grand worth of Gucci tracksuit coming your way Melly he looks like a tablecloth in Gamora <laughs> um, right we'll go for mine go yes. for it right okay Celtic to score 107 league goals right this okay. season is that which a, is that be one oh. above the record right, right. And someone will score a dramatic one to get it over the line to, in the last day of the season. Not sure who, but it'll be a big thing. Okay. The two Christophers at the back, mm-hmm. so Christopher Iyer and Christopher Julian, will combine for set 11 goals. <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs> down. 11 goals between them are already one down. Right. Stephen Gerrard and Neil Lennon will make physical contact with each other at some point during the season that is not a handshake. You think oh. so? Yep. Right. <laughs> That's oh. right. And... Ryan Christie to hit double figures in goals, assists, and yellow cards. <laughs> right, okay, okay, we'll take that one. We'll take that one. Okay, you ready for mine? Famously, always, always correct with these 100% record. Always the same. Right, here we go. For me this season, Celtic to break 100 points. Oh, mm, right, okay. Bold, right? Celtic also to break the transfer record for a player. Older spending. I'm talking about spending. I think we'll go out and break a transfer fee again. Jings, man. Right. And again, Karamoko Dembele. I had Mikey Johnson last year. Was that 15 appearances? Yeah, yeah. easily sailed past it. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to just speak Karamoko Dembele. I'm going to give him 10. Yeah, 10. I'm going to yeah, yeah. 10 times. I really wanted to say Celtic not to win the league, but I can't say that on a Celtic <laughs> podcast. Right. right. So I'm going the exact opposite. I'm going to hope will it into, will it into being. Hmm. Um, I'm also going to give you the opportunity now to name your player and young player of the year prediction, Stephen. Well, I suppose I'm going to speak for us all and assume we're all going to go for Ryan Christie at this stage. Yeah. I think we all look at him. Well, he's going yeah. for Encham. Well, okay, right, that's fair enough. I'm going to I'm going to stick to Ryan Christie. I'm going off the I evidence. Think it will be. The evidence of the season so I'm far. Not. No? Oh. No. 
I'm going for Rodson Edward. Right, okay, okay, I can buy into that as well. Uh, he's Player of the Year, Rodson Edward, and Young Player of the Year. Been saying it for a long time. Christopher Ayer. Oh, that's right. fine. Christopher Ayer, Aye. young player. Christopher Ayer, he was overlooked entirely last season. So was Edward. Oh, no, Mental. absurd. But um, I, I suppose the obvious answer would be Mikey Johnston, I suppose, mm. if you're going outside of Ayer. I think Ayer... It's ridiculous that he's overlooked because he plays almost every game. I know Benkovic maybe shunted him out for a wee bit last season that he came back in, but you're talking about a 20-year-old who was playing the majority of games for the runaway champions. So I think he'll probably be overlooked again because he's not really looked upon as a, a young player anymore. I'm going to go... In fact, you know what? I'm not going to say Mikey Johnson. I'm going to hope that Ewan Henderson okay. stakes a good claim in the team going forward and... I think it's going to be Mikey Johnson, but I'm just going to just going to say Ewan for the sake of it. Ewan These Henderson, are bold, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. So what was yours? Ewan Henderson, young player, Ryan Christie player, Ryan Christie player. That Ryan. might hinge on my bloody double figures, the yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Odson Edward, Christopher Ayer, and Melly. You're going in Cham and well, Christie and Cham's a wee outside bonus, but okay. Christie and Ayer. And there we go. And that is our bold prediction for this season. So we will revisit those at the end of the season. Please don't hold us to it for the. <laughs> yep. Don't <yeah>. tweet me. <laughs> don't, <laughs> we can get don't listeners to me. tweet theirs. <laughs> yeah, don't tweet yeah. me. Yeah, if you've got a bold prediction, feel free to tweet in at us. And on that bombshell, we shall end. I just want to say thank you to everyone who listens. Thanks for everyone who supports us, who leaves good reviews, who, especially the guys who support us on Patreon. Um, if you're interested in the Patreon stuff that we spoke about at the beginning of the podcast, you can hear, you can get that on Patreon patreon.com slash 20 minute tims you can listen to this podcast on itunes android apps and spotify on celtic music app and, and various other things but most of all thanks for listening Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.